Hey, ready for a dose of vulnerability? Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, but a dose of vulnerability? That'll get you high. Ladies and gentlemen, I talked to Chloe Sunga in a very open, very heartfelt, and almost mm, shameful, for me, not her, interview, where we go into it all. Welcome to Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Okay, let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sometimes I feel like I am so self-obsessed. It is unfathomable. And now it's like the podcast is narcissistic. It's just thinking about itself or I'm just thinking about the podcast. I want it to be great. I'm trying to figure out what this is as we're doing it. And as much as that's such a annoying sort of almost at this point cliche way of doing things like starting a YouTube channel about how to start a successful YouTube channel, it is an authentic part of this journey as I've shared with you. So again, self-obsessed Greg comes in and he wants to talk to all of you. Well, someone that very much takes me out of my head is my friend Chloe. Known her since college. She's a great girl, very talented singer, actress, uh, performer of all sorts. She can dance as well. Um, she has met James Franco before. We, we don't even get into that in this episode, but it would be a good conversation. What does happen in this episode, though, is that we have a great conversation. We have the typical Greg open loops interview talk to her, delve into some deep stuff, go into a very uh, loaded direction about diversity in the dramatic arts and film and television. Uh, we talk Britney Spears. We, we, we talk about the experience of what it means to actually have your work validated beyond your commoditization, which is loaded, but still pretty good. I I enjoyed the conversation with Chloe, but as I was sitting on the interview, I felt inside of me a part of me going, oh gosh, this is too real. This isn't what this show's about. We need to be talking about JFK's assassination. We need to be talking about the, the latest Crystal Skull discovery, uh, what the numbers mean on Lost, all things that Chloe knows I love talking about. But instead, I... I was just curious. I went in this other direction. I think during the interview, I was in pain because I felt like, oh gosh, 
is this really what I want to discuss? It is, but it might not be weird enough. That said, the human condition's weird, and everything's weird. And what I've done here is I decided, after the interview is over, to then press record again, and Chloe knew this was happening, to capture the after conversation. You're gonna rev- you're gonna see you're gonna you're not gonna see it. You're gonna hear a lot of me being honest, feeling that the interview wasn't good, and and all my self doubt. Uh, I actually, as you could hear me self congratulating. I, I, I thought it was good, and actually hearing the first part of the interview, the the actual interview back, I still think it's pretty decent. So this is a conversation. And then a conversation about the conversation. There's no like fancy transition. It just kind of goes right into it. But I think if there's anything for you to learn here, it's nothing except to just relax and enjoy the experience. You might not learn anything except the power. Uh, the Here's what I learned. I learned that it's interesting when you're actually faced with what's emotionally happening inside of you. I tried to get to that place when I talk to people in real life. I want to operate from that place when I talk to into the microphone to all of you. And I really hope that in general, we get to a point where we can feel that vulnerability is actually the level we should be operating from. Because that stuff, the stuff of the heart, is really where the interesting things in life bubble forth from. Yes, this is Koi Sunga. Here it is. Enjoy. All right, so here's the deal. We're we're recording this. I am talking to someone who I've just spent the last five minutes deliberating about whether I should reveal her full name. Um, it is a female. I so you know, folks. I even though I'm a hypnotist, I am capable of having women in my life uh, that would enjoy talking to me. I hope. Do you enjoy talking to me, mystery guest over there? Of course, I do. You do? Yeah, of course. Now look, always, I know it's <laughs> always a show. <laughs> it is. It is. See, this is the thing. When I started this whole podcast, I really just decided to bridge the gap between what I was already doing inside of my head and reality. Uh, now, I'm sure you're like, what, what does that mean? It's terrifying. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chloe Sunga, a great gal, New York City artist, singer, actress, Uh, She's done it all. She always brings soul into what she does, which is why I very much enjoy talking to Chloe. Uh, Chloe, you've been invited on the show, and really you're you're open to an experience of just insanity. So what, (laughs) what even inspired you to want to do this? What is making you even open to the idea of having a conversation for other people to hear? Uh, well, I mean, it's because of like, I don't know, I feel like you and I always have interesting conversations. And 
well, you brought me into this not knowing what this was at all. So there was that sort of mystery, but I don't know, just open to it. You're very open. You, you, in general, you seem like someone that is open to adventure in your life in, in trying different experiences. Now, you are the youngest girl you have three older siblings and then a, and a brother that's a year younger than you. Right. Do you think of all the your family, do you think you're the most adventurous or where do you get that from? I think I'm the most adventurous um, just mostly because honestly, I think it's because I'm the emotional one. <laughs> mm, yes. Okay. So okay. I think, you know, I, I don't like to admit this, but I think because of my emotional nature, I do tend to look for experiences that'll open my mind um, right. to get, I guess, to ascend above my emotional life on the inside. You know? Now, wait, did, did this start in childhood? Like, were your sisters always, I know that they, they teased you a lot. You've told me about that, but... <laughs> Did they, did early on, when did you know you were emotional? The emotional one? How young? Oh, very young. <laughs> what do you, do you remember any instances where you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm well, sensitive. Well, I mean, I think it's just a given that of the five of us, I was the easiest target to tease and make fun of. Why? No, because what, I'm emotional, what? and that's what's the fun of teasing someone, <laughs> to get a rise. Isn't that your MO? <laughs> yes, that is definitely true. I, I do actively try to provoke people. Uh, I talked about that in the last episode. Well, in the last interview I did, I said, dude, you're a positive guy, and I try to make you negative just for my entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very sick. It's very sick. But I don't think your sister's outright i mean they were your sisters you were the youngest one was there did yeah, they loved me you know we were kids you know i think with any family growing up when you're children there is a sense of learning how to move about the world and place yourselves in in natural hierarchies not that anyone was thinking and we're actually not a jealous family at all but i i just think it's just natural for children to to play around with that and for me being the emotional one and the nice one, I was just the easy target. But that's not a bad thing. It's just children's games, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I, I also wonder about the influence of, I mean, I've, I've been, I've spent considerable time with your parents and <laughs> your dad, even people your father has met for two seconds, uh, Chloe and I, you know, we, we both went to college together. And when I, we met your dad for the first time, he came to visit. I, I remember uh, our friend Yip, instantly, your dad just made fun of him. <laughs> like like just like he wasn't making fun of him specifically for any characteristics but he felt no shame and just quickly like digging at someone just for the fun of everybody but it wasn't a mean-spirited thing it was very loving i i wonder well, you know, it's like that uh that playground thing as i said you know you show affection by teasing somebody 
Yeah. Do you think your dad set you up for this? Did <laughs> did he train your sister secretly to like go after Chloe, go after her? Or <laughs> was just just like an organic thing being sensitive? I you know, for wait, that's like so many layers to this this question. <laughs> that's fine. Pick a layer and start there. Um, I don't think my father tried to get my siblings to make fun of me. <laughs> good, good. Okay. I was worried there was a conspiracy against you. I'm glad we, we settled that score. No, uh, not at all. I mean, my dad's a very fun-loving, hilarious guy. And, you know, it's, it's again, it, it's a way of bonding, of, you know, teasing someone to lighten up situations. So I think all of all of my siblings, I mean, let's be real, like as much as we're painting me as this like weak emotional victim growing up, you know, I know that I have definitely um, made fun of you in the time that I've known you. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> That's definitely a, that is definitely true. That is definitely <laughs> true. Well, look, and, and this is the thing I, and we've talked about this before, Chloe, that I strongly believe that the people that were picked on and that have this sensitivity that are extra sensitive, I think it gets a bad stigma. Uh, certainly, I mean, we, we have, uh, what's her name? Brene Brown, right? Who, who did that TED talk about vulnerability. Her whole movement is about the power of being vulnerable, how it can change, can change worlds. I mean, look what's happening right now. It's, it's people who have, uh, you know, people are dealing with like a profound sadness and anger towards social justice, injustice really. And slowly, very slowly, transformation is happening. Now, how we got from Chloe's getting picked on as a four-year-old to Black Lives Matter, I'm not sure, but I managed to somehow vaguely connect it. Um, I, here's what I will say, though. Here's what I will say. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea where you're bringing me. <laughs> like, I feel like it's like you're taking care of me, but this is also a trap. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that's that's the teasing we're talking about, folks. That's a... <laughs> Sort of. That's not even the harshest you can get. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is that where I think I, I, I hate the idea that I'm, I'm painting you as a victim because I think those experiences and the, and the ability to be open about those experiences ultimately is a strength. It definitely is so... And that's such an easy sort of like quick self-help fix. Oh, you're, you're, you're a victim. That means you're stronger. All the other kids are. Yes, it's simple to look at it that way. But I also think the impact that you make, certainly the impact you've made on me in my life, comes from the sense that you are a grounded person that's lived the depth of emotional experiences. Some people that don't get teased their whole life, that just get praised, meet those people as adults. We've yeah. met those people. They are boring douchebags. <laughs> well, I think what you're trying to get at is just, um, I think a lot of people have difficulty listening to their emotions because uh, 
I mean, there are happy emotions and people generally chase the happy emotions because I think we've all been taught that those are good. Uh, but in my experience, it's the hard emotions that one, create the biggest growth for you and two, are the emotions you have to face to really confront the darker parts of yourself. So you know, me being someone really emotional and I'm very willing to go there, it's mostly because I know that I come out on the other side, um, you know, better than before. I mean, it's, it sounds so cliche. Like, I feel like I'm not discovering anything new, but this is just like oh, great. my great. experience. <laughs> that is so under the expectations I set for this interview. That is terrible. <laughs> By the end of this, I need you to radically transform. <laughs> I need you to be teasing every person you... I need you to be teasing every sibling. No. I want you to call them up right now and just tear them apart. Not at all. You don't get anywhere tearing other people down. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm glad you said that. And you know what? To all the siblings and family members of Chloe Saga, that was me making protecting her from tearing you <laughs> apart right there. Oh I wanted God. her to come to that outcome. Uh, <laughs> yes. See, again, I don't know if you're taking care of me or leading me down a trap right now. Oh, gosh. This is so... Why am I like this? This is, this is so messed dance. up. I can, I, can, I can even hear you trying to bring me down somewhere. Oh, down? Why not? Why is it down? Why do you think I'm trying to... Now, look, I mean... Uh, Gosh, okay. You know what, Greg Bornstein? You're about the show. So <laughs> that's that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Well, again, I put the mic on just because, yes, I'm already living. I'm living in a simulation of reality. And I don't mean the Elon Musk, the world is a simulation. I mean Greg Bornstein is functioning in what might just be the weirdest. 90s sitcom of all time you know someone said that to me it was kind of hurtful i stood up on stage for an improv class i was taking mm -hmm. and oh gosh you're gonna you might love this too much it's gonna hurt me a little bit but i'll tell you guys <laughs> they did this exercise where the teacher said okay you see this guy here we did this mm -hmm. with everybody in the class tell us right now what parts could he play always a dangerous thing to hear but, but and especially in front of a bunch of you know wise cracking improv comedians right. so one girl said oh man oh the pain of this the pain of this she said you look just talking to me greg you look like a kid that was really popular in a 90s sitcom but just hasn't made it as an adult. Oh my God. Wow. wow. I mean, that was killer. Well, what, what about it's painful? Because I know that I work that cuteness. <laughs> I work it. I've had people say to me before, oh, Gre Greg, you know you're using, you're using cuteness to get something. I'm like, I know, because it's a do trick. You think, do you think it because it separates you far from your ideal self that it's painful? 
even though that's how you know that you have operated into this world up until now? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, <laughs> let's back up on that. I know this is, I, and as you're telling me that, I know you're thinking this is a huge win for you. And you're right, it is. Because <laughs> anytime you analyze me, it is. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. So, yes. I, I, I forgot. This is your show. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is fine. This is fine. Take over, please. Well, look, I think that huh, the separation from my ideal self is the pain. I, you know what? To a certain level, yes. I think what's painful is that I want to be that 90s kid <laughs> and go on to have a successful career beyond that too. Like I wanted that from the beginning. And I guess this is my feeble attempt at such things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> believing that, yeah, the cameras are still on. Greg Bornstein is out there. He's trying to examine some stuff that interests him. And maybe, maybe someone in the world might care. Not sure. Here's uh, the thing, Greg Bornstein that you have to understand is that like naturally just being yourself is entertaining. Like even though, you know, a lot of people that I know haven't seen you for years, there is a consistent entertainment and laughter when we all speak about you. Wow. This, uh, now this is where it turns into Chloe's family mocking me. All the siblings. My family. You're always bringing my family into this. It's true. All of Chloe's friends also tear me apart. Uh, Well, here's what I want to say to you about that. Do you think... I've always wondered this. Now, we both went to uh, NYU, Tisch School of Drama. Mm -hmm. And there is always a question that still rings with me about talent. Talent was something that was hard to isolate in college. I was never really sure what it was. We would say things like, oh, she's very talented. Oh, that guy, he's got it, all that stuff. Uh, One teacher said, oh, they have presence. That's the it factor, it's presence. But there are some present people that aren't interesting to watch. Now, when you say I'm entertaining just being myself, I wonder... Of your experience in college, going to acting school, what do you think it was that made people go, this person is a good actor? Um, If they felt like they could make money off of them. Wait, what? Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You are telling me right now, this is the best angle I've heard on this, by the way. I love this. (laughs) You think that these teachers genuinely talk to kids in a way to praise them so that they themselves could benefit financially. That's not, that's twisting what I just said. So great. Great. That's what I want to do with your words. (laughs) That's what you always want to do. Greg. No, no. Tell me, what do you mean? Tell me what you mean. Okay. So talent, right? the allure of a life of an artist and why you do what you do and you go to college and you try to get the agents and all that and you have the it factor. You know, I feel like just after her, you know, being the age that I am now, you know, back then it was like, oh, you can 
impress me with tricks or, oh, they seem very present, but then they're also very beautiful. It was simply that somebody could look at you and easily be able to place you in a movie, in a story. Um, they could easily see you selling certain products. If you couldn't see them doing any of that, I think that's why they gave up on some people and they kept going with others. But the crazy thing about talent and expression is that everybody inherently has it because we all have feelings and each person is different and emotional and they paint the entertainment industry as somewhere that you know that's the realm of what you're supposed to do and that's the ideal situation but the reality of entertainment is generally i mean it's shifting now with with the the political climate right now but up until now it's just basically been like who can make a fast buck right right and i you know huh this is very interesting to me chloe you're saying this uh i mean you are filipino and you yeah. went through a, you know, I mean, hey, look, it was 2007 through to 2011 that we were in mm -hmm. school. So you're right. I mean, the moment that's happening right now, even back then, as liberal as people said they were, it wasn't. What you're telling me, though, that's interesting is that you believe subconsciously that these teachers and even it trickled down to fellow students, maybe developed prejudices towards the students and even maybe what they considered as talented based on what they were culturally encountering on a daily basis. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, like for example, let's take this into consideration, right? Um, it's like, I hate to use this example because it's using me as an example, but this no, is, please. I guess, where we're at. Uh, so I decided to pursue the arts and theater because, you know, I grew up in a small community, predominantly white, and uh, I was actually able to do many roles and things like that. And so that, like, I was able to get lots of lead roles and be able to express myself and what I enjoyed about that was being able to tell a story express and it would bring lots of joy to small communities that otherwise don't get a lot of attention via funds via um, you know arts or anything cultural so theater in that area is just very important because it may be like one of the few moments that people in a secluded area have times to expand their minds right right I come to New York where everybody is talented. Again, everyone <laughs> is talented. However, people have a hard time seeing me as someone who has anything to offer aside from, you know, well, she's funny, but we can place her in the, you know, like we ha we have like certain ideas. Well, I mean, I guess like a big thing was at the time there were no stories that depicted anyone who looked like me, right? Mm. So no matter what I brought to the table, if that person behind the the table didn't see past 
my looks or, you know, the same kind of thing that they've seen before. It was just really hard to place me as a product. I mean, when I left college, so many agents were like, I already have three just like you and they're already getting the jobs. So if you can get the jobs, then like we can talk. And that would be the way that my talent would come through if I could like knock out the other girls in terms of, you know, fighting out on type. So to say like, oh, you don't have it is mostly like lack of competition. But again, like everybody has talent. It's just a matter of how can we commoditize? Uh, I don't know if that, that that's the right word, but you know, I think it's like the nature of a capitalist society. You know what I mean? Like you look at each person as like money, pretty much. I don't yeah. know if what I'm saying is making sense, and I'm a little bit nervous of what just came out of my mouth. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I think it's a very interesting point that you're making because well, I mean, if you even think about it now, what are we arguing right now with? you know, Black Lives Matter, it's that Black voices and Black stories matter because it hasn't been important the whole landscape of entertainment up until now. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. then what's valuable right now are Black voices and Black stories. What was valuable back when I was out was white voices and white stories. And, you know, there's a market for gay voices and gay stories. Um, we're kind of getting into the Asian realm but, you know, all these other things have to, like, come before that. So it's it's just a matter of does your story and your talent and your presence have a value in today's society? So having an it factor is heavily reliant, I believe, on the outside circumstances. And, you know, there are those who are strong enough to put themselves forward in the climate and make a path for themselves. But that's why it's so difficult though, because everybody's going with whatever is happening in the moment. Chloe, if you were to go back right now, imagine that you were doing the shows in your community like you were, and and I know you were doing big parts. I mean, you were like a local celebrity where you come from. Uh, yeah. Imagine that you you were doing that and then you got into NYU in non-pandemic 2020. Like imagine this was the fall of 2020. People were going back to school mm -hmm. and you were going here now. Do you think your experience would be different and how so? It would be different because diversity is much more valuable and a bigger topic nowadays. And yeah, what did you think of diversity back in, you know, I'll say her name, Liz Bradley. She was like in sort of interim uh, NYU Tish Dean for a little bit. I mean, she really strongly, at least outwardly said, we're gonna make diversity more important across Tisch School of Drama. We're gonna really focus on that. Where do you, th what do you think she got right, if anything? And what do you think was missing? Um, that's a really tricky question to answer. Right, no, I, I kind of know what you mean because I- because You have to understand, like, I don't think anyone who before now, before the Trump presidency specifically, 
I don't think that anyone would have been really truly aware and open enough to actually tackle that issue. Mm. So every attempt, like I always say, you know, this is still a problem because nobody's known the real solution to it. And a lot of that real solution are people who have to be aware of their own racist tendencies because you know there i think around the time that you and i went to college there were a lot of like white savior films you know going on yeah yeah and they claimed that to be diversity which that whole you know story and archetype is very strange because it's literally like a white person welcoming you know other ethnicities <laughs> right 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 well into like, the world like i have saved this person from obscurity where you know that's not the that's not correct you know so whatever she did back in the day you know whether it was right or not it would likely be misinformed not because of Anything well, that she's doing, it's just what the conversation was back then. It was, was the different. conversation. It was the society. It's what the world was, you know? It just, mm. it, it just wasn't, it, like, for example, you know, I had a friend who was typecast, and they said she could play Leah Salonga and Anne Harada roles, which are, like, two completely different types, but they're both Asian, you know? And they were like, that's diversity. And now we can all see why that's messed up. But back then, that was about as far of the conversation as was comfortable. And, right. you know, being a strange minority in the business, which is, you know, being Asian American, having to dance around that has always been really difficult because you know, as like a natural person who wasn't valuable because there were no stories being told, you kind of had to play things, even if you felt uh, like complicated and it wasn't right and it wasn't you. Like as much as they wanted you to be you, they didn't want you to be you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine right now, you know, I, I heard a story, I, I won't mention the names, but there was a teacher that I had that said to a student during his evaluation said, oh, well, you know what I really like about your work is that you can play straight. And this guy was a straight guy, first of all. So the teacher <laughs> totally misread that situation. But the other thing is, I'm not sure that that is a conversation that even students would tolerate teachers. I mean, the things that some of these teachers used to say to students back then is certainly in the much more politically correct uh, time right now. I mean, I, I don't know if things will shift back, but I really think teachers would get in trouble for some of the things they used to say. Well, you also have to remember this too. Like there's not, okay, there's faults to give the teachers, but also a lot of teachers were a product of the times that came before. You know, that's absolutely right. That's and that's what right. everyone's dealing with right now, where, you know, people who are having complications facing their relationships to race, you know, they don't want to admit because if you're a good person, then, you know, why even 
you know, why are you responsible for things that you yourself have been cognizant to be good about, you know? So it's, it's really tricky because a lot of these things are incorrect and they have definitely lowered the value of minorities for very, very long. And I feel very strongly about that. But I also, I guess, being an emotional person do know that in order to heal yourself and move beyond it, I guess this is what we're talking about. You do have to deal with the difficult emotions. Yeah. So you can ascend, transcend and change the world that's outside of you. Do you but, think you encountered similar reactions in the music world? Like, let's go parallel to theater. What is your, is it a different experience the time that you were really more focusing on songwriting, creating original content? Do you find that sort of uh, unconscious bias creep into that too? Or was it a different experience? Um, so it's been strange for me because again, I grew up in a predominantly white community, uh, Midwest South culture. So in a lot of ways, my natural sounds are a bit country. Um, but then, you know, being in New York, what's, what's popular and beautiful and what my ears attuned to, you know, is, is jazz and R&B. And music is a very interesting space um, for me because in a sense, I know what I've been absorbing around me and I know what I like, but there is a sort of sense of ownership on certain sounds that when I create music, you know, um, this is very difficult for me <laughs> to say, but I guess like as like an in-between Asian American, sometimes when I'm creating, it's difficult for me because, you know, I know that I'm not particularly white. So when I use those sounds, I have a very strange feeling and I know that I'm not black. So when I use those sounds, it's a bit, you know, tricky to find the exact voice that makes sense and sounds like me if that i mean that's a that's such a loaded thing i just said but um that's just been my experience well first of all i i appreciate you being that open about it uh i've i've never well, really this is the interesting thing because okay so i feel really like vulnerable at the moment but it's also there's a part of me that's kind of feeling nice to actually say something because again I guess what we keep talking about is this strange you know identity in the entertainment climate that is not the topic of conversation but it's something that does occur so being asked my experience is it's it's nice but it's very strange and it's very um nerve-wracking because you know well, yeah. you also don't want to say the wrong thing you know right uh tell me about this and let's just make it lighter for a second britney spears oh still the greatest you still love her is she your give me the top artists of all your favorite performers of all time like in what sense <laughs> like you love 
Britney Spears. There is something about you once told me that Britney Spears was the most entertaining <laughs> performer you'd ever witnessed. It, you thought she is constantly interesting to watch. Her songs are fantastic. <laughs> and she knows how to work an audience. And you know what? I mean, look, you loved Whitney Houston too in her prime, but Britney Spears stuck out to you. Do you still feel that same way? Uh, I mean, so here's the thing about Britney Spears. Um, I took a class at NYU called Spectacular Theater and um, a classmate of mine actually did a project on Britney Spears. And saying all this now, again, feels like really complicated because I know when I did this, I was, you know, in college and now I'm, I'm older than that. But Britney's life has literally been taken and splattered as a spectacle. Like we were there every single step of the way from Mickey Mouse days to where she is now. And if you ever take the time to look at her album titles and everything going on and how they match up with her life events. It's, it's just very interesting of it. <laughs> I guess the thing that I'm telling you about the, your value is like how you can make money. <laughs> yeah. And her career is basically the perfect depiction of the entertainment industries. Um, circus <laughs> do you think she ever do you think she ever had a a voice in that creation process um you know that's really hard to say i would hate to speak on britney spears's behalf you're I allowed do. to here <laughs> <laughs> you know i think i mean she's definitely very human and even in you know i have friends who we like watch britney spears's Instagram and people are just really concerned for her and her life but um, you know she's still very much a person and I think it, it is that thing though where I think she was guided in a lot of ways that yeah, you know if I imagined me going through my experiences as Brittany did I think that I would not handle it very well <laughs> you know um, but the I don't know. That's a, that's really hard to say because you know there's a lot of behind the scenes things that I'm sure it's a hard one to say. But I do I do appreciate Britney Spears and her place in time, and you know it's definitely you know the. Fact Is it over? Do you think it's over for her, or will <laughs> she have a huge comeback? Um, I don't think it'll ever be over for her because she has a place in time. No, like, no matter what she does, like she'll still be Britney Spears. You know, it's just like Whitney Houston at the end of her career, you know, even though her last album, her career has never been over because she's now passed and we still listen to Whitney Houston songs. Britney is like older, but we still reference all of her other songs and people still listen to her music now and they'll go to her um go to her concerts again do you know what i mean as a creator i guess is what i'm asking do you think she has more like are people gonna say listen to that new britney song so this is bringing me exactly to my point before you're talking does she have any more monetary value absolutely which is again 
an issue for me. <laughs> now, wait a minute. This is okay. So I, I want to break this down. I, I want to bring this. Th- this is interesting. So you're telling me that me asking that question is what's the difference, though, between monetary value and pure uh, creative output in your mind? I think it's just the idea of inherent value given in general value in general right because you're asking me is her career over people will say her career is over because she's never going to be 16 year old hit me baby one more time and she has no more life left right uh, right right because I agree like, with she's that. never going to be big. analysis she's never going to make that much money have that much fame ever again right but right that, i agree that is monetary feel, value I feel that is disrespectful because a person is not just one moment in their life. They're a person is their entire life. So from birth to death, you know, so to put value on somebody's contribution just on one portion of their life, I feel is just unfair to any human being. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's really given me some thought about the way we view celebrity uh, in the sense that, I mean, could she quietly start writing some songs? Maybe. I mean, she released an album recently and people bought it. And release it, but not have like like the idea of tying celebrity to artistic creation has always been a focus of mine looking at okay well this person is still out there they're putting stuff out there but people aren't as engaged in it i mean even michael jackson towards the end he never had what he had with thriller and bad uh but he was still putting stuff out there and the hardcore fans clung on to him but i think in michael jackson's case similar to britney spears that idea of celebrity is just so entwined. He was so a part of that system. Uh, could artists do it another way? I mean, in your mind, what is another way for an artist to put work out there that still allows them to have a voice but not be encumbered by this celebrity monetary trap that they seem to get in so many times? I mean, I think it's the idea that you go from I mean, so the whole idea, actually, you and I had this conversation in college. When you asked me. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. This could be any number of things. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. What did I ask you? You asked me, why do we choose to be performers? And I said that my goals were always to try to bring diversity to the forefront, you know, hopefully make changes to the world your response was we're all in it for the fame we're all in it for the money we're all in it for the notoriety let's be real right you're like this is a selfish thing i think people who have had sustainable careers go from having to catch the attention because let's be honest to have a successful career in entertainment or whatever you do have to like blow up at one point But then after that, you gracefully then do what you want to do and always be mindful of where you're bringing people's attention. 
you know, that's why Lizzo is doing so well right now. Her is doing really well right now. Um, it, it becomes more than just making the money and being seen. Once you're being seen, then you use it to be heard. And yeah. that's how you move forward. Because not all of us are like Celine Dion who can keep the same, you know, talent all her years of her life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people evolve, they change, they age, and they mm. produce things that are valuable to the climate that is around them at that moment. And that's what makes somebody sustainable. Well, you know, to my credit... <laughs> and that's all that matters at this point. No, no, to um to that point, I will say that I believe my feelings first of all, I may have just been trying to provoke you back then, probably. Sorry. <laughs> uh but the other thing about that perspective that I think I have evolved beyond is less a focus on necessarily like we're all in it for the applause and the fame, and more about respect for the craft that gets you that result the tricky thing of course is what do you do with that once you've done it i mean i could sit here and write jokes all day and i have uh but you know i could sit and actually write like a, a set of jokes for a stand-up comedy act and never perform them and that would not make me a stand-up comedian. Like there is an audience intersection at some point. And I think what's been very tricky is how can you go out there and be like, I want to be a performer. As I guess some people do it. People who work at regional theaters strikes me as a great example of yeah, people that I mean, love it, but they, they are okay with doing it for their audience because of the work. Right. Right, but yeah. I know that a lot of people eventually do want to do it to present real stories. And, you know, again, anyone who has a successful or long career eventually do try to do work. You know, people are always like, these are celebrities. They don't have, like, any reason to, like, say anything. Well, they've worked their way to be able to say something, you know? Chloe Sanga. <laughs> Tell me right now, do you want to be famous? Do I want to be famous? Yes, because I've got the path for you. Oh my right gosh, now. what is this path? Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> you are going to be, to be ridiculous. You're going to be on this podcast permanently okay. because people need some female voice to tolerate their experience of hearing me. No, no, look, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you could be that. Um, no, Chloe, I mean, is that, be honest with me right now, would fame be great? Uh, what's more important to me right now is to be valuable. Mm. I, that's always been my goal is to be valuable. I know that it's something that I struggle believing in myself that I am valuable, but um, yeah, actually I've been thinking about writing something where when I was younger, I always wanted to be beautiful. And 
now that I've developed myself as a person, as a woman, I can see that I'm beautiful, but really what I was actually going for was to be heard. Wow. Wow. I feel like the idea of fame is the desire to be beautiful, but uh, I've moved past that. And that is great. You know, (laughs) you're so yes, that is so true in the sense that I, uh, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's (laughs) one of the things is, you know, they always say like, you shouldn't compliment someone for the way they look. You should really try to get to know them. And yet there's so many people out there that I feel get trapped in, in uh, still in terms of what they're occupying their mind with as putting themselves out there purely on that surface level. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it takes a higher level of thinking to be like, my offering to the world is beyond the way I look, the way I come off. Uh, You know, I mean, I'm very (laughs) critical of social media and Instagram and all these things for sure. Uh, But it's, you're totally that distinction between beauty and being heard is is very interesting now some people might say well the way i'm heard is through my beauty do you believe in that i do i actually did that the other day where i posted two things on my facebook of me talking about black lives matter and race and i got like three likes (laughs) I just randomly changed my profile photo and I got 150 and everyone wanted to engage and just tell me how beautiful I am so it it was disturbing it's very disturbing because it's that it's just one of those things where it's like you know again my my talking to you about the entertainment industry and whether they can make money off of you you know I've spent all these years trying to shape myself into something that could sell people money that people only look at my surface and they don't, they haven't gotten a chance to hear my thoughts or want to listen to anything that I say. Right. Yeah. And it's only now that I'm starting to realize the best way to utilize these things like social media there's a reason why it's it's so effective because it does take that idea that the entertainment industry has done which is about image and you can use it to then do something profound with it and you know i know that has its issues but it really depends on the user whether or not it's a good tool or not yeah do you feel that this podcast could be an even more effective way than any post you're doing for you to become the best person in the world? <laughs> the best person in the world? <laughs> I know that's an outrageous was question. That, was that a real question? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, you're like, what's a question that would be? 
<laughs> Profound. Do you think this podcast could make you the best person? <laughs> it's a great world? question. You know what? It's a genuine question I have. Could this podcast make you? I don't know what form it would take. Um, well, also, what is the best person? Who wants that? Does anybody want that these days? <laughs> to be the best person in the world? Like, what is the best person in the world? I mean, honestly, I feel like everybody's just asking for not that. Nobody wants to be the best. They just want to be equal. Wow. Wow. Now, look, we've talked about a lot. I'm curious. Do you, I mean, I don't know if you're performing anytime soon, are you? No, uh, I'm currently in the process of, um, is anyone <laughs> good point actually true. um but i mean like mostly everything i do will be on my instagram when i become active again oh I, I took the took the month of june to step aside for for the events going on right now because it's very important well i will definitely if you if you'd like i i can link your instagram channel and the notes for this, for sure. Uh, you also, every, every Sunday, right, you, you sing a song. What, tell, tell me about that. Oh, well, uh, it started back in October because I wasn't performing and I took a long time off of uh, any art because I went through some pretty difficult times. But I wanted to be able to develop my voice again, so... Every Sunday, I would do a Sunday song request where somebody would suggest a song for me to sing, and I would do a one-minute cover on on it. That's awesome. And have yeah. people, have you had enough content to do it every Sunday? I did it every Sunday up until June. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, let's hope we can hear that again. Uh, <laughs> you, you have a, a lovely voice. And honestly, Chloe, I mean, you, you definitely have talked about some stuff today that I haven't even heard your full opinion on. And I, I, I appreciate you opening yourself up and, and really connecting me about that. I would definitely love at some point to uh, talk to you again more. I'm sure I will talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I mean, in, in the context of it, I know. I was trying to – see, here's the thing. We In real life, I talk like we're already a podcast, and I try to wrap it up. And for every conversation we have, I always try to have a button at the end. What is that? <laughs> You're preparing your whole life for this podcast is what that is. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Also, like, we did this episode, and it got into heavy stuff, and I'm sitting here going like, huh. This is pretty weird, but it is also interesting. Chloe has a good voice and she has good opinions and I want her to be real. So you know <laughs> what? I appreciate it. While we didn't talk about monsters and fairies. Right. Um, you know what? I think you definitely you definitely brought an interesting perspective. And <laughs> this is the second time I'm ending. Again, this always happens with us too. I have like five endings for every conversation we have. Get them uh, out. <laughs> Uh, Chloe, thank you so much for taking this time. Is there anything right now in pandemic world? Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that are out of work, a lot of people wondering about the next thing. Uh, what has been your guiding star? What has been the message that has lit up your soul in this time that you want to leave us with? Words of wisdom from the ever-wise, emotionally full 
better do not tease her. She doesn't need more of that. <laughs> Chloe Sanga, what do you want to say? Um, the best thing you can do right now is to be gentle with yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time today, Chloe. Appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. All right. You know. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> he presses record. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> How dare you? I can totally see the recording. <laughs> I know, I know. It's terrible. See, now I'm a little sad. I guess this is the part of being self-conscious, though. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a learning curve. This has definitely been a learning curve. Um, you know, my, I thought my first interview was pretty good, but that was just, just like my first time right. doing it. And now like, that I'm... Do you prepare your questions before you do it? I definitely don't. I think maybe if you kind of give like a... Tr like, make questions like put put in a line of questions that you actually want to ask the person you're interviewing but in the middle like be like just to bring it back to like some sort of lightness like here's like a random question about the boogeyman oh god that's so boring to me i hate <laughs> it i hate it i hate format this is my issue Chloe. why <laughs> why do i hate the idea like what am i trying to do here i have this podcast forum i've been told that it's you know i i have an interesting voice to listen to which is like great whatever but i also like want to explore things in a fun intellectual way like i just interviewed you about all these topics that i did actually find interesting and it was great to hear but part of me is like uh this is not the show. This is, but, but that might be okay too. Maybe you should talk to your life coach about this. Oh, whoa. Whoa. How dare you? Life coach. Yeah, yeah no, I work with people. <laughs> See, you're so cognizant that you're being recorded right now. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, I know. Like it's... Your audience is still there. This is like your version of Fleabag. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so true, it's so true. Yeah, to give you the full picture, I'm like sitting at this computer, like my hunched over, holding my head in my right hand with a deck of playing cards in my left hand and the microphone just pondering where it all went wrong. <laughs> oh my you gosh. You on your on your computer? <laughs> what? I mean... Well yeah, yeah. I chat. <laughs> oh my gosh look at your setup oh my gosh I thought I you sounded super clear I should have I should have just done this face to face yeah I that probably would be helpful but I also liked the exploration uh, did I care about any of it though that's <laughs> what I'm wondering did I care about any of it this is why <laughs> I don't know I'm genuinely not sure. That's something maybe during the interview, I'm like, you know what, Chloe, this is all great. And it's great. Your voice is being heard, but you're boring the hell out of me. <laughs> it's not true, though. It's not true. Oh, my God, Greg. <laughs> this, I'm such a mess. I'm <laughs> such a mess.
how is this podcast possibly going to sort things out? I hope it does. You know, I think, again, like, I think you should just get a couple out of the way, listen back to it, and I'm sorry, but create a little bit of a format. Oh, I'm so anti-format. Why? <laughs> what is what is wrong? I mean, I can't, but I'm like, okay, so here's what went through my mind. And by the way, knowing full well that this might actually be what we listen to as the podcast, this might be, to me, this feels already better than the podcast. <laughs> but the after the interview? Yes, yes, yes. Instead of open loops, it could just be after the interview. <laughs> It's just a show about me reflecting on the time we've had together. Uh, honestly, it's probably better. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, like the stuff at the beginning. I mean, you would become like such like the protagonist in that case because it would always be you being like, oh my God, why am I doing this podcast? It's so true. I'm going to, you know, that Chris Farley sketch on SNL where he's like, he hates on himself with uh paul mccartney oh it's a great sketch he's like uh what's he do he's like oh that was such a stupid question oh 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 <laughs> like i feel like i'm just actually that man um well again i think also to speaking to what i was speaking about in the interview is just like you just trying to figure out what your what value you're trying to bring people you it's know. so true. Like, if you don't want format, at least, like, have an objective throughout the whole thing. If it's to get people to talk about weird stuff, then ask, like, weird questions. Like, I feel like if you have the idea of what you want to do, it's going to influence your actions throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it was so fake in my heart. Well, no, it wasn't so fake. I'll say this. If you had said Greg... Give me an hour interview with someone and get them to open up about something that might have some social weight. Well, then, because yeah. these were the questions you were asking me. It was. And you even tried to get me to go into my childhood, and I was like, that is not okay territory. <laughs> That is not okay territory. Oh, please. Come on. It's gold. It's gold. No, that's where the nuggets are, our childhoods. <laughs> Don't you believe in nuggets? Child nuggets. <laughs> Little baby chickens with your head on them. <laughs> okay, this is, this is getting pretty no, weird. It was so funny because you were going there, and I was just like, Greg. <laughs> I know, I know. I probably should have been like, Chloe, I know you're thinking how much you hate this right now. <laughs> I know you're thinking that I shouldn't talk about this, and that's fine. I mean, for me to really be honest has been the exploration of this podcast. And a lot of the times I hate it. I mean, I really, like, I I record an episode. Like, I just did another one. I published it. Uh, about hypnosis like I'm going through these courses right now and dissecting the ideas that I find interesting to really encapsulate what I'm learning and expose people to these things but even as I'm saying this to you Chloe I'm like what am I doing I'm just trying to find an excuse to learn about hypnosis and share it with people someone told me a podcast would be a good idea and people would want to hear my voice like do I believe that I'm not sure 
Well, that's up to you. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's part of it. Just go into weird things and be like, this is what, like, you could be like, I reread Zizek. Let's just talk about G- Like, I feel like open loops for you is the conversations you and Ben Pratt used to have. Like, that's your dream podcast. Yeah. You guys basically just talking in circles and saying, dude, dude, dude. Yeah. Or like uh. Aiden, like you guys could tell, like Aiden could probably badger you. Do I need, I might need a co-host to really just make it soar the way I want it to. Right. I mean, I, I, I've been very much debating uh, what, again, and it is a trial, a trial and everything. I mean, I have nine other people, maybe 10, who have booked times with me for interviews like that's weird that's uh, it's it's going to be new for me um it's going to be a learning curve for sure and uh, i have to believe in it i mean do i not believe in it right now i i'm not sure why i don't well because it's new you just have to keep doing it and like maybe it'll reveal itself to you you know like maybe you think it's something but then it's actually something else for example what just happened here you're like time to get Chloe to speak things she doesn't want to talk about yeah you're sad because she's a random minority but you know what I see part of me now as I'm sitting here talking to you about this I'm like what if I played the entire thing? We start from the interview and then just go right into this. That's an insane experience for a listener. Like I am literally dissecting. Like, because what you said, you said stuff that was great, Chloe. It was, it was very great. And I, I could tell it was coming from a part of you that really didn't want to say it, which I loved. What is it? I'm drawn to that tension. I'm like, I hear in her voice pain. I hear reluctance. I even hear like a slight level of disgust at me. <laughs> possibly badger her into opening herself up this way. And yet you did. And that to me is a beautiful thing. Does that make me a sadist or a masochist? A little bit. But also the content was gold. It is an important message. You do have an experience unlike others. I always thought you brought something new to the table. It is good to have different voices represented, even though I am a Jewish white boy that is trying to talk about see, magic tricks. See, this would have been hilarious after everything I said that you go on this rant about, am I a sadist? I don't know. I'm a white Jewish boy. Well, look, the button is still recording, Chloe. <laughs> I mean, this could be, this is it. <laughs> I had to record this because it's, it's much more real. See, this is what I want to do. I want it to be very real, but uh, I don't want it to be derivative. And I, I do like just having good conversations with people. I just like having good conversations with people. 
maybe I need to get into that frame. You know what you could do is maybe would make it interesting. Like, I know you hate format, but what if you had questions for people and then you allowed each person that you interview to ask you three questions about yourself? <laughs> what? Why? Why me? Open loops. <laughs> That's a funny idea. Because in a sense, like you're interviewing people, but you know, what is the point of open loops is to, for you to get out like your thoughts and, you know, it's like, if some, like if I were given the, I mean, like I ended up asking you questions anyway, when you're like, it was so painful to be up there and somebody said this about me. And I was like, well, why was it painful? I know, I know, I know. Chloe, you got to realize we're airing the full show right now. We're going to put on everything. The parts you hated, we are putting it out there for the world to see. You have to let me listen to it before you put it out there, though. And then we're putting all this out there, too. (laughs) Maybe. You have to let me, like, okay it. (laughs) Oh, why does everybody say that? Definitely, I mean... Well, because what you put out there, like, you want to be able to, like, feel good and not, you know. No, no, I agree. I we agree. don't want to be the, what, Amy Coopers of the world. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That woman's life is. Oh. I mean, she's completely out of it. But do what you know what she? I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally, totally. Um, what? Huh. Maybe the show really is. Yeah, I I gotta go. I gotta follow more of what interests me more. Right. Um. Because what you know, even even picking the people that you want to interview, because it's also like, I mean, you want to talk to them for a reason, right? I'm not sure. (laughs) I I think I'm just picking people because I feel like I have to pick. No, is that true? Uh, no i actually did pick people that i thought would at least push me to think differently about the world those are the people that i often let into my life i mean i I, what if greg this was like a whole like journey for yourself as a person see this is the thing and at the end it was like therapy for you that's now oh gosh i hate this is getting recorded but i'll (laughs) I'll admit it to the world um no that's exactly what this is i'm literally turning people into i'm using other people for therapy that's what (laughs) no but that can't be it i guess comedians say they're doing that sometimes um well, I think, to, well, here's the funny thing I've noticed since you did want to talk about dating in New York, right? Yeah. I've been on three dates and like, they're like, wow, like you're so open. And I'm just like, this is me having a conversation. Like what do people talk about on dates? <laughs> it's not real conversation. Wow. What did, um? this is interesting. What did... I mean, what were kind of the, was it about, like, were you talking about past relationships? Like, what was it? The first day I went on, we talked about 
Black Lives Matter, past relationships, family, um, how being real, how some people are uncomfortable just being honest and, you know, um, got into a little bit about me and how I sound like I'm someone who takes the high road probably too many times. And I was like, you're probably not wrong. And that was a really good date. But, you know, I think we were like more like friend savvy. So it was just like, you know. And then um, the second dude I went on a date with, we talked about his mother and her like, you know, mental health and just life in general. Wow. Um, Yeah. Third dude, I'm actually going on a date after this. Wow. How are you going to feel? I mean, (laughs) yeah. How did this affect, how's this going to affect your future? Um, I mean, I'm already like in a weird state where I'm kind of like, I'm going out because I'm, well, since you hypnotized me, like I'm digesting things a little differently. I've even been thinking that maybe I don't want to date right now, but I'm kind of taking the time to like allow myself to do it because I'm still like annoyed about my last situation, but I know that like, I'm getting into like all this like law of attraction stuff. And, no, like, no, no, it's, it's good. Um, but yeah, so I'm going on a different date today. You did tell me uh, in a conversation we had a couple of years ago that you strongly believed that the law of attraction is it works in like a reciprocal fashion like the person who you are you attract what you're reflecting Uh, do you really think that uh have you seen that in the people that have come into your life a hundred percent really do you always find it because i sometimes i hmm i i don't know if i always make the connection I I try to look for it now that you've said it to me, but I'm not sure I always understand what I'm putting out there. Well, you know, uh, how can I explain this? Yeah. Like, I do generally tend to meet people who are kind of hung up on the last person they were with. And that's kind of my thing. Um, and I find myself not attracted to people who aren't similar to me or they're like 100% like ready to jump into something. I do notice that the moment that I start to like really feel confident or like want to grow in a certain direction that's when they kind of like break off wow wait a minute so you're saying you have like a do do you think you're the impetus for that are you life coaching men away from you you kind of might be that's a weird pattern well like the moment that i'm feeling confident and good and I start to get a clear vision of like things I want to do that's when someone usually goes poof wow 
and and you know, and I, I know we've talked about this before. The thing that I always say to that is like, well, doesn't that just let you know that those guys weren't ever going to be the best fits for you? Right. Well, like one was like, I just feel like I'm holding you back. The other one was like, I feel like I have things I need to work on. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you wonder if somebody were like wanting to just enjoy somebody, right? I mean, like I don't know. I'm I'm in this like weird state because there's also the whole thing of like you can choose to choose different versions of the same person and parallel realities and all. It gets like really complicated. Oh, this is. Wait a minute. What? You're the parallel realities now? Who's this Koei Saga? Wait, what? I'm. I don't like personally fully subscribe to parallel realities but like you know the whole idea of like you can choose different things for yourself mm, mm. yeah you know i mean it's uh they talk about it in hypnosis a lot like the idea of the life trance you decide to put yourself in um in reality tunnels there, there's a guy who wrote a book about uh, perception that has this exercise. His name is Robert Anton Wilson. Has this exercise about like, can you find the uh, the shiny quarter on the street? Like, if you're looking for a shiny, like, if the task of the day is find a shiny twenty five cent coin on the street, if you align your reality tunnel towards that task, chances are you're probably going to find it because now you're filtering through that view. And it definitely is applicable to dating. Um, I, I, I used to talk about it when I was trying to coach. Like, I think the difference between New York City dating is hard versus New York City dating is easy is literally that. It's like a, just a mind shift. It's like dating comes easily to me. I go out, I meet people that are right for me. And... Well, I came across this one dude on YouTube that was like the biggest thing. He's like, why I stopped saying I am statements. He's like saying I am statements implies that you like are not yet. So instead say this is natural. It is natural. Oh, like, like, uh, give me a specific example. Like instead of saying I am love, right? Yeah. It is natural for people that I love to love me back mm. it is just a natural thing that naturally happens yeah like instead of like I am pursued say it is natural for other people to try and pursue me wow have you used that in your life um I'm trying it out <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's really all you can do. Um, well, because it's like the whole idea of like detachment and letting go. And if something is natural, you don't think about it, right? Yeah. Although I'm just trying not to be anxious. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's really good? You know what's really okay? So this is another thing. Uh, I, I'm going through this guy, the guy who's coincidentally named after the acting teacher that we had, James Tripp. Wow. Uh, I'm going through his hypnosis course. And one of the things he talks about that's so cool is the idea of making something real immediately after the moment 
that it didn't work happened. Make it real now. Here's his practice. Say you screw up on something. You're in the moment with someone and you're like, oh, I just did that terrible thing that I don't normally do. As opposed to being like, now I know again. This is even taking it a step beyond. Most teachers say like, okay, become aware that you made the mistake and awareness is the first step towards change. This guy's saying, go a step beyond that. You mess up. Close your eyes immediately and imagine, obviously, like, don't do this, you know, in the middle of crowded roads or whatever, but like, do this, close your eyes and imagine the situation you were just in going the way it could have gone, the thing you could have said correctly, the action you could have taken, like take that couple of seconds to do that and then open your eyes again. And at the very least, that's a much more proactive way of getting there as opposed to just being aware of it. Like sure, awareness helps, but if you can take that extra couple of seconds and do that quick visualization of how that moment- Yeah, occurred. no, I came across somebody who said that, like say that you are like, wanting something from a specific person like an apology or something and instead of like sitting there noticing the lack of it like it's not here it's not here like close your eyes imagine it happening exactly the way you want it to happen mm. and then you open it and then you're like i feel better because it happened yeah isn't it ironic that i opened the eyes of this camera and imagine the podcast going better than it did as opposed to closing, what I should have done is I should have closed my eyes and imagined a completely different interview. And instead, I opened myself up. And now that I see you, Chloe, and, and now that I see myself and, and go inside my inner compass of experience, I am much more open and enjoying this conversation than my like attempting to have a good interview with Chloe Sunga. Like this is much better. <laughs> Maybe we should do a different interview where we just talk about weird law. <laughs> hey, when we talk about things we believe, but don't believe we're in it. Don't you see we're in it? You know what? Actually, that's kind of a good idea for the show. Um, yeah. The idea of open loops being, it's an intellectual idea that you're not fully sure you believe, but you're very curious about it. Therefore, you take it on as a curiosity in your life. Right. That's what I do a lot. What time is this day tonight? So, gosh, I wanted to try to manipulate it to become earlier because he said seven. And I was like, that's kind of late. But... um. I texted that I would like let him know because I said that. But you're telling me men meet up with you at seven? They're not going for the <laughs> nine o'clock? It's usually been like five. Wait, these got. What are these got? Oh, man, these men do not. That These men are much more respectful than I might even be, I'm realizing. <laughs> well, see, okay, so talking about like the differences in when since I've turned over this because usually when I'm on this it's usually like flighty dudes and like I'm always like trying to set things up and they always want to like you know whatever but like every single dude I've met has been really respectful hmm. which is different yeah 
like, okay, so I'm seeing a lot of respectful men. Well, I mean, is this what is uh, my life coach right now is he's brought up several times like that astrologically that a lot of stuff that was buried under the surface is rising up in this time. Yeah, there's a lot of things in retrograde. Yeah, 2020 is, I mean, he was even saying like December 12th, 2020, like is going to be the, the actual age of Aquarius or whatever. Um, do you think, yeah. do you think in general um, that you've encountered that with people? Like are people like, do you think people are rising to this occasion differently, showing yeah. up differently? Everybody's different. Everyone's doing things. Um I'm reflecting on a lot of different things. I mean, I know that I feel like I'm changing a lot since this started. Yeah, yeah. Chloe, I really don't know how much of this interview you're going to allow me to use. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, But you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to chop it up. I'm going to edit it. <laughs> this two and a half hour Chloe and Greg exclusive um, because look, I think there's some gold. I really think there's some gold here somewhere. Uh, maybe not though. Mm, no, I, I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it right now. And I'm liking what I'm hearing. <laughs> Do you think I'm a crazy man? Always. Really? Like on the scale of crazy. When you see homeless men running around and talking, like, could I, am I, how many degrees away? Am I? You're not a crazy homeless man. You're just, you know, you're an eccentric. Just, you're like maybe like four steps away from mad scientists. Wow. Wow. That is a compliment. <laughs> I feel guilty that I'm like using this platform to get people to allow me to reflect on myself more, but. I mean, that could just be the interesting part. It's like, here's this dude using this podcast as his therapy. I know. It's like so sad in so and many like, ways. Every last thing would be like Greg's check-in. What did Greg learn this week? Wow. You know what? I might have to record that segment. <laughs> Chloe, thank you for your time. <laughs> I'm doing the tag again. Um no, you know what? I think I got some good stuff here. And it, yeah. it, it definitely helped me reflect. <laughs> thank, yeah, I'm like, Chloe, thank you for going to the most painful places in your life for, again, my benefits, my betterment. <laughs> like, you got nothing from this. I'm like, great. Oh, my gosh. I let you tear into your soul just so I could learn how to be a better interviewer on a podcast. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but... I really would like, you know, I'll look through the stuff. I, I would like to air some of that stuff just because I think it's an important voice, but I won't air everything. And maybe I'll cut out the stuff about your childhood. And um, you definitely cut out stuff about my childhood. But I will say this, the stuff about Chloe's childhood is very juicy. So everybody listening to this right now, I'm not going to air it now, but I will have it on the backlogs. And we might even do another episode about it. Greg, that's what um, I'm trying to do, which is in my dating life, which is to be more mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like there's good all stuff. of my dirty laundry. on. Look, the podcast. 
like if you want to know chloe the real chloe sanga you don't even have to go on a date with her you might get it on this podcast that's the goal (laughs) all right this has been ridiculous i have no idea how i'm gonna edit this thing but i feel much better that uh you're allowing me to have this conversation with you now and oh look who's oh my god she's so in love with you she just got a haircut oh my (laughs) gosh look at her oh she kind of looks like bo i'm like she's an old lady now i mean she is um 12 years old in human years yeah but oh my gosh so cute look at her what a good girl she's at least nine i mean i'm putting my I'm, I'm like displacing my need for human affection into this creature, uh, which is funny because I've heard that theory. Like people are like New York City women, the modern Korean woman dis- displaces her natural love and affection into dogs. That's why heterosexual couples are dying. Children aren't getting born. Blah, blah. Huge agenda. It, I don't know. I don't know how true yeah. it is. <laughs> okay. Thank you again. Who knows if we're going to have a follow-up call after this about whatever the second part was. And who knows if... Should. (laughs) Was this too much, too? I don't think it was. Well, it just depends on how you edit it. You did get me talking some some personal stuff, Greg Bordstein. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'll go through it. Chloe Saga, you're the best. Much love. Thanks. And if you want to find out how Chloe and I actually know each other. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, I think I'm going to be playing with that a lot. Like the idea of like, is this going in? Is this not going in? Maybe that's my whole thing. It's the open well, loop. Yeah. I mean, that's your show. That's really it. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. I will stop. I will just stop this recording. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Chloe, for your time. So Chloe listened to this whole thing and she approved it. I don't really think she gave up anything that personal. Honestly, it's interesting. The experience that you have voicing opinions that... Perhaps you're not asked by other people often can bring up the idea that what you're sharing is extremely personal or there's a risk to speak that way. And to me, I don't think anything she was saying was controversial, was a slap in the face of everything we know and love in this world. I really appreciated Chloe sharing herself with me. And I am grateful that anybody would be willing to even delve into a little bit of that vulnerability. Uh, As much as I joke in this episode about pressing people's buttons in order to get them to open up for the show, for my amusement, I would never, ever, ever want to do that just to make someone uncomfortable. I, I really... I value people willing to openly, consensually share themselves with me. So uh, Chloe is always like that in real life. She's very honest. She's very open. And she's got that wisdom. 
that nice water on sand, the way it seeps into you sort of wisdom. Yeah, she's, she's great. I hope to have her on again. Thank you all for listening to Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Please feel free to subscribe, leave a review, like it. You're all wonderful people. I hope you take care. Talk soon.